Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 593. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got uh, some strong... We're continuing on in the book of uh, Joshua today. because I like reading from the Bible because a lot of people know that it's in the Bible and that God doesn't... uh, mince words he tells you the truth now if you can't believe god then who can you believe amen Amen. god is the truth and everything else other than god or his people are lies so uh, we also have some letters and uh, music one of the very best the very best rendition of Why Me, Lord, that I've ever heard in my life. It's with Elvis and J.D. Sumner and the Stamps. And I feel, really feel uh, privileged to have uh, had Elvis as a friend and J.D. Sumner and the Stamps as very good friends of mine as well. And uh, so uh, right now, let's go to the throne of the Lord and ask him to anoint this program. Father... We thank and praise your name for eternal life and for the Holy Spirit, because this is our life. This is the only uh, spirit in the entire universe, uh, the only power that can uh, prevent us from sinning any longer. And this is the only spirit that is able to give us immortality, eternal life in heaven. And so, therefore, we really thank you for that. We thank you very much for eternal life because there isn't any words to express how uh, important it is for us to have eternal life in the Holy Spirit and to be anchored in you, Father, and to you, Jesus, the the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. Anoint the program, Father, so that... um, Let everything be said that uh, you have on your heart today, tonight, uh, or this afternoon, or this morning, whenever uh, the people in the uh, listening audience are listening to this program, anointed, open their hearts, their spirits, their souls to receive that which you have prepared to uh, bring forth through your servant uh, that their souls might be saved and that the church be strengthened. When I speak of the church, Father, you know I'm speaking about not a carnal church, but a church that is anchored in you, in the Holy Spirit, that they're, they're doing uh, the will, your will, uh, Lord God. Re, uh, I ask again that you continue to open up doors for us and to rebuke Satan and close every door uh, that he is trying to open up to destroy your church, your word. And um, Lord God, in Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, as I promised, uh, here is uh, Why Me, Lord, with J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet, but and the lead singer, Elvis Presley. A very good friend of mine and a born-again Christian. I'd like to ask J.D. Sumner and the Stamps to sing one of my favorite songs, Why Me, Lord? Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the 
pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do to deserve loving you and the kindness you show? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. JD, Stamps, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you. All right, praise the Lord. I wish I would have done that song with the Stamps. I've done a couple of albums with them, and uh, I just wish I would have picked that one. I recorded the song, but not with the Stamps. It's a sad uh, scenario there. All right, so we have some letters to today. Uh, what have you got there? Where's the first one from? From Glendora, California. Okay, let's hear it. Dear Tony, I want to open this letter by expressing my great appreciation for your teachings. For the first time in my life, the word of the Lord is now within me and meaningful. It is truly meaningful. I believe that the Lord directed me to you by discovering you on the radio. Now I can't get enough of your daily messages. Being raised a Catholic left me hollow, a void I never could fill. I never studied the word, only what I was told. Oh, I understood that Jesus died for our sins. On the third day, God rose from the dead, but I was still ignorant. I wanted to live a Christian life, but could never sustain it for very long. I never could understand why my belief in Jesus never went anywhere. Until now, I didn't grasp God's words, his commandments, his promises. Now the word is meaningful. Thank you, Tony, for your messages. I am moved by the Holy Spirit with the true meaning. I just hope that I have not arrived too late. No, I, no, you're in. Praise the Lord. Say this. Stay in. Then what? 
I have broken God's commandments. I thank you for leading me to a new appreciation of God through the Bible. I believe there is a purpose in my life. Please accept this donation to your ministry. I know it will go to help your good work of the Lord. I also want to thank you for the truth of tithing. I was always turned off by the false teachers telling me I had to give. I give because it's God's. I'm returning a portion of my labor back to my Creator in appreciation for all that He provides. Thank you, Tony. You are truly God's messenger. God be with you and everyone in your ministry. God bless you. I know God has. Sincerely, Jeff Margett from Glendora, California. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord never, um, uh, he makes people live and then he makes them die. And he does say that if we don't tithe to him, that we're robbing him. Now, you don't have to uh, tithe, but it, it's going to be a horrible judgment if you stand before God and you haven't uh, tithed to a church that's feeding you spiritually. And uh, many people are being fed uh, spiritually and physically through this church. So give your tithes, and the Lord promises a hundredfold back. That is, if you're keeping the commandments. You can't buy God, so don't try to just tithe and say that's enough because it's not enough. It's uh, We have to do everything that his word says. All right, do you have another letter there? Yes, from Kitwe, Zambia, Africa. Okay, let's hear it. Dear Pastor Lamo, I greet you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm appreciating you for the responses you give me and the attention to my letters. Also, thank you for replying quickly. God bless you, Pastor, and your co-workers in Jesus Christ. Pastor, I was happy when I received a box of literature. I decided to distribute it to the Kalulushi residents, and the literature is already gone. Send more literature because souls are being saved through your literature here in Zambia. Pastor, the Bible says do not withhold good from people when it is in your power to act. Oh, we never do. Just uh, don't worry about it. It's on its way. Then what else? Don't say I will give it tomorrow when you have it with no, you now. No, we have it with us today, and we probably sent it to you days ago because this letter probably came in days ago. Then what else? I don't want to withhold the good news from those who are perishing. Yeah, we don't either. Believe me, we've been doing this for uh, almost... Uh, 44 years, and my wife Susie, that my late wife Susie, had passed on uh, over 25 years ago. It'll be 26 years in just a few days here, April 8th, uh, 82. And so, um, and she was uh, serving the Lord 25 years before I did. So that's a, that's a long time. Okay, then what else? Uh, Moses served the Lord for 40 years, and I've been serving the Lord for 40, almost 44 years. Okay? And um, he did a good job. And I know that I'm doing a good job as well. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Then what else? I want to save them from the lake of fire. Pastor, I love you so much because you are my brother in the Lord. Because God is our Father, we are the sons of God. Many thanks, Pastor. God bless you and your ministry, your co-worker in Jesus, Evangelist John Mumby from Kitwe, Zambia, Africa. Well, God bless you too, brother. In the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. All right, now we're going into the uh, book of Joshua. And we're in the ninth chapter. 
And we're starting out of verse 3, I believe. Okay, let's start reading. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wilily and went out and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their donkeys and wine bottles old and rent and bound up. Verse 5, and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments upon them. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. Verse 6. And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal, and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. Verse 7. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? Verse 8. And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? Verse 9. And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him, and all that he did in Egypt. Okay, and I noticed, you know, um, at verse 3 it says, But when the inhabitants of Gibeon... Uh, heard what Joshua had done. It wasn't Joshua that did that. It was the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so, but it uh, they thought it was Joshua. And Joshua did it, but it was the Lord that empowered him to do that. He couldn't have done that. All right, then continue on. Were you at 7? Verse 10. 10, all right. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan to Sihon king of Heshbon, and to Og king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. Verse 11. Wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants. Therefore now make ye a league with us. Verse 12. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. Verse 13. And these bottles of wine which we filled were new, and behold, they be rent. And these our garments and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. Verse 14. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel. Uh, And the men... Are you in verse 14? Yes. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask um, counsel. They didn't call upon the Lord to say, are these guys, uh, are they uh, faking this? Are they, uh, these guys, are they uh, kidders? Are they lying to us to save their necks? It says right here, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Joshua never asked counsel of the Lord. And so they were hoodwinked. Verse uh, 15, so Joshua made peace with them without uh, getting some counsel from the Lord. I don't do that. And um, made a covenant. But you know, the Bible is for you. Joshua is a fantastic uh, person of the Lord. However, uh, he's nothing unless he seeks the Lord's uh, counsel on what's going on. 
So Joshua made peace with them. How stupid. And uh, we're not to make peace with Satan. And made a covenant with him, them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them that they would uh, be peaceable with them. Verse 16, and it happened at the end of three days. After the, uh, they had made a covenant with them, that uh, they found out, they heard that they were their neighbors. They weren't from a far country at all, uh, who dwelt near them. So they're liars. They lied to him. Verse and but they realized Joshua realized that hey you know in the whole congregation realized when we make a promise to some people we vow that we're going to make peace with them that we've that this these words have come out of our mouth the people back then and they're true Christians they don't make idle chatter if they make a vow they vow before God and God would destroy them they didn't want to uh, 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 the hand of God to leave them as it did when Ai, at Ai when uh, Achan had stolen the wedge of gold and the silver or the and also the garment so they had to keep their vow to them and that's what the Lord tells us today if we make a deal with somebody and it turns out to be a bad deal. If you do that without seeking the Lord, well, then you, if you believe the Lord, you better go back to that person and beg forgiveness and uh, try to get out of the deal. Because you cannot make a vow to people and then say, no, uh, we're not uh, going to do that. Uh, we, I'm sorry, we made a wrong uh, mistake and that's it. Or just don't talk to them anymore or hide from them. So it still stands today when you vow or make a deal to with somebody, you strike hands with them, uh, then you have to uh, uh, go along with uh, the uh, the contract. Verse 17. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon. They were Gibeonites. Uh, Tipira. Uh, Beeroth. And Kerjath. Uh, Jerim. Jerim. Verse 18. But the children of Israel did not attack them. Because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation murmured against uh, the rulers. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord. 
We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them. Verse 20, quote, this we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them. Verse 21, and the rulers said to them, quote, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation as the rulers had promised them. All right, so that's good. At least they're going to put them to work doing something. And it's much better to do that than it is to break an oath with somebody because after all, even though we're different colors and different races and uh, we come from different parts of the world, we're all God's uh, creation. We're not his people, but we're his creation, all of us. And there's no possible way that they'll ever get saved or listen to anything that you ever say to them if you have broken your uh, oath with them or made a deal with them and didn't keep it. So be careful who you make a deal with, and if you do, you have to fulfill it. Verse 22, then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you uh, deceived us, saying, quote, we are very far from you? Why? When you dwell near us. Verse 23, quote, Now therefore you are cursed, and fear, uh, cursed, because you're liars. You're a bunch of liars. So just be, uh, be careful what you say to people. Don't lie to people. Especially, uh, don't ever lie to God. So now, therefore, you're cursed. And none of you shall be freed from being slaves. Step out of line. Don't cut wood or bear water and it will kill you. Because you're not keeping the deal. Woodcutters and water carriers for uh, the house of my God. Verse 24. So they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told your servants that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid. For, um, yeah, for our lives, because of you, and have done this uh, thing. Verse 25. They really were, uh, I mean, they sure put on a good show. They had all the attire. Moldy bread, old shoes, uh, uh, everything. Verse 25. 
And now here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. Verse 26. So he did to them and delivered them uh, out of the hand of the children of Israel. So that they did not kill them, lest they would be killed. Verse 27. And this is a lesson to everybody. Don't lie. And don't break your vows. Don't tell somebody you're going to do something, then don't do it. We have a person in our uh, ch- our own church who says they're going to do something. They'll be there in an hour, and they show up three, four hours later, or they don't even show up at all. Verse 27. And that day Joshua made them wood cutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the uh, place which he would choose even to this very day. All right, now, uh, you know, the Bible plainly talks about the flesh. Now, Romans 7, 5 states, uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the word flesh. In other words, the Bible uses this term in a non-normal sense. Flesh is, uh, fleshy people lie and they make deals. They get married and make marriage vows, but they don't keep them. They are just always hawking everybody else. Uh, they uh, say, yes, Lord, and then they uh, uh, they stay in the flesh. To describe man's physical being, John 1.14, read it, John 1.14, in a uh, uh, morally evil sense. So, and in a morally evil sense, so to describe man's um, unredeemed human self or humanness. Verse, uh, chapter 6 of Romans, uh, verse 6. Okay, let's read John 1, 14. And the Word was made flesh. Okay, so the Word was made flesh, but the Word is the Spirit of God. It's spirit and it's life. And so God's spirit entered into man's, uh, came into the world as a man, a flesh, in the flesh. But um, the opposite is uh, in a morally evil sense. The Lord never was immoral or uh, broke one commandment so whatsoever. And he said, you have to be like him if you want to get into heaven. There can't be one sin on your soul, one spot or one blush, uh, blemish. Because we have to be dressed up like a bride for Christ, for God. All right, so now, when people are immoral and they continue being immoral, they're not fitting for heaven. Uh, They make all kinds of, uh, they keep sinning all the time. So, uh, in a normally evil sense, to describe man's, 
unredeemed human self or humanness or flesh. Okay, that's Romans chapter 6, verse uh, 6. Okay, then, go ahead, read it. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Yeah, in other words, we have to become morto. We have to become dead, or our flesh has to be um, crucified with Christ. Uh, we have to become a cuerpo, a corpse, a cadaver with Christ in us. So our old life has vanished. We become new creatures, and the Lord lives in us because he never committed a sin, and so therefore he's the only sinless one, and so... We have to be in the only sinless one because there's only one body that's going to go to heaven. And we must be in the body of Christ in order to be able to ascend into the um, kingdom of heaven. Go ahead. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay, and then... Um, the uh, Galatians 5, chapter 5. Let's read a little bit of it. Then we're going to Ephesians 2. It's talking about the remnant of the old self, uh, which will remain with every believer until each revives his or her glorified body. Now, the Bible states that we must make ourselves be uh make our flesh be crucified we have to be crucified with christ so we must rely on the holy spirit to do that because it's only the holy spirit that uh causes our flesh to be mortified or to become a corpse for jesus to live in then he quickens our spirit inside and then he blends or uh, blends his spirit with our spirit so that we have the power, or the grace, which some people call it, the power, and the Bible calls it grace, to uh, live a godly life. And so, we have to revive uh, our um, self, our, our, re our glorified body. So that, that's why Paul said, we have to keep our bodies under uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. We have, have to beat our bodies black and blue if necessary to keep ourselves under the Holy Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians 9.27. Read it, please. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Under subjection to the Holy Spirit. You've got to make uh, your body be under the Holy Spirit's power. And some people say, well, that's a spell. No, that's a, whatever you want to call it. You have to be holy. You have to keep your body, uh, command your body to be under the commandment of the Word of God. So read it. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So he has to, it's not lie. And whenever he makes a deal with somebody, he has to keep it. 
just like the people over at uh, Jericho, they made a promise to this prostitute that when they take the city, they're not going to kill her. And so they made sure they kept the promises. They make sure they keep the promises. All godly people do. But the government, they lie, and they lie about people, and they, uh, the, uh, this is the international government run by the Vatican. And they make up stories about you, and uh, they, they don't uh, believe they have to have a glorified body. Because uh, Christ had a glorified body because he kept the commandments and kept every word of God even to the death. And we have to do the same thing. We could lie out of being killed. Are you the one that said these things about the government? Yes, I am. Well, did you know that we're going to kill you? Whatever, but you can't kill my soul. So he's warning us if we don't stay in the Holy Spirit, we're going to do what the flesh, the carne, or the corpse without Christ in it, or the cadaver without Christ in it. Uh, we're going to do whatever the flesh or the cadaver wants to do. And that will never get you into heaven. Uh, so that fight ends when we receive our glorified body. But uh, we have to receive uh, our glorified body here on this earth before we die. We have to be glorified. It's glorious to be have the Lord in our bodies. Chapter 8, verse 22, 23. In the flesh. So we're operating as people who are able by the Holy Spirit to operate, but only in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. Because if we walk after the flesh then we're still in the sphere of fallen mankind. Now, you can get as irritated as you want about this message, but it won't do, uh, do you any good. In other words, we're an unredeemed, uh, unregenerated person. Although the believer can uh, manifest some of the deeds of the flesh, he can never again be in the flesh. And when I'm talking about uh, deeds of the flesh, I'm not talking about adultery or fornication, because if you do that after you've been born again, Arab, lesbian, homosexual, you go back into drugs and live that lifestyle, all these lifestyles, uh, you're committing spiritual suicide. But uh, the only uh, sins that are forgivable in uh, the Holy Spirit are sins of ignorance. Um, where you find out about them, that you've done something ignorantly, you have more of the power of God in you to nullify or uh, mortify all sinful passions. So I did this, Lord, but I'm never going to do it again. But if you continue doing it, then you're living a fleshly lifestyle and there's, you're um, rejected. You're rejected from the kingdom of heaven. And you'll go to hell for sure. Paul's talking about in his own flesh 
has an overwhelming impulse to think and do evil, which characterize those who are not walking in the spirit. They're not walking according to the spirit, but are walking according to the law of sin and death. In the flesh, uh, they're not, they're, uh, they're in a corpse. They are a corpse. When you're talking to somebody, you're talking at a future corpse or a future cadaver. Everybody's going to be in a funeral home or you're going to, you know, disintegrate if a bomb hits you or something. So uh, read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. According to the law of sin and death, in the flesh. Okay, so it's not the same flesh that uh, Jesus was. You have to get in, uh, let him get into your spirit so that you can be like him. And you have to live in him. Your eyes, your spiritual eyes, you have to be focused on the Lord all the time. Or you'll backslide. You'll go down the drain. You won't be able to go to heaven. You say, well, the world has, you know, overcome me. I'm overcome by the world. And uh, I just don't have time to be thinking about Jesus or reading the word or doing any of these things. Well, <laughs> that's your problem. Ephesians 2, 3, please. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Yeah, we used to do that. Then what? And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Wrath. Well, does God have wrath? Yes. Huh? Yes. Yeah, you should say that with a hearty amen. Everyone should say that because I'm preaching the word of God, and everyone should say, um, is God a God of wrath also? Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. So he's talking about when we look at the law, and it quickens unto us. We are uh, aroused. We begin to be aroused by the law. And when we're aroused by the law, then the Holy Spirit uh, starts convicting us of the, we see that these are laws that we haven't kept. And so therefore we are uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is convicted and then we repent then we have to stay in a repentant uh, place with the Lord. We begin to, uh, we're aroused by the law. The unbelievers, rebellious nature is awakened, the fleshy people, they're, be, they're being awakened to die out to their old life and to become uh, powerful in the Holy Spirit so they can go to heaven. So they're awakened when uh, restrictions are placed on them and uh, it makes them uh, want to do the very things that the law forbids. Uh, all of a sudden sin becomes exceedingly sinful to you and you just are convicted of it. Some people are convicted. And some say, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, I'll show everybody, I'll do it. And that's in the 8th chapter of Romans. 
Then it talks about our members, chapter 6, verse 13. Now, chapter 1, verse 32. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Okay, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Right, because you're doing... When you have faith, well, then you do what the Lord says. If you are void of faith, you don't do anything the Lord says. You go by your feelings or your emotions. If, you know, you don't feel good that day, you snap at everybody and... Uh, but, you know, a pastor, he rebukes people because he has to when they see so many people out of order in the Lord. Then the Bible talks about uh, our members. Chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Uh, for death. The sinful. Uh, persons that work in unbelievers, these uh, uh, these uh, the passions that live in sinful people, uh, or that work in unbelievers, those who don't care anything about the Lord, produces a uh, harvest of eternal death, and the believers succumbs to sinful passions, just like the chapter two of uh, the book of. Um, Second Thessalonians says that there's a great falling away from the Lord because they succumb into sinful passions again. They also are victims of eternal death. Chapter 5, verse 12 of Galatians. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Yeah, these false people. Galatians chapter 6, verse, verses 7 and 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you sow sin, you're going to reap death. It's for sure. You're not going to cause God to be mocked. It's going to happen to you promised. Then what? Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Okay, now chapter 7, verse 6. Released from the law. Not uh, freedom to do what God's law says not to do, but released from the penalty of the law. Go ahead, read it. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Freedom of spirit. Okay, it's not freedom to do what God's law forbids. Chapter 6, verse 1 uh, through uh, and 16. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? 
that power may abound. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Okay, chapter 8, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So you see that we must uh, be capable of keeping the law. The Spirit of God in us, um, we become a corpse uh, for Christ to live in, or a cadaver, and then we're able to keep the law. We will not fall back into condemnation. Now, chapter 3, verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? No, but freedom from the power of sinfulness, freedom from Satan's spiritual life, his evil spiritual life, uh, that clouds you and covers you with spots and blemishes, uh, so filled with these things that it's impossible for you to be restored. So from Satan's spiritual evil life, so that there is no spiritual liabilities on us or penalties of God's law. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For right. it, Keep going. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. That's right. And so he's redeemed us from the penalty of the law, because we as Christians have died where to have, uh, where to have died. Christ, when he died, we're supposed to have died then too. Chapter 6, verse 2. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So the law with its condemnation and penalties, because we're dead to the flesh. In other words, we don't allow the flesh to yield to uh, the flesh or to lust any longer. Because we're living in the and the uh, we're living in the spirit, no longer had these our old evil spirit have uh, or the law have jurisdiction over us. Verse one: Because we're not sinners anymore, we've been saved. We're not sinners saved by grace. We're uh, we were, but we're not any longer. We're now sons of God, so we can't say we're sinners saved by power. We're. Uh, we don't. Uh, we're no longer in the first Adam, but we're in the last Adam. That's verses one and three. To serve the Lord. Okay, go ahead, read it. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse three. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Okay, to um, to serve. This is the verb form of the word for bonds servant. Chapter 1, verse 1. 
Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Uh, so, but here it is parallel, uh, parallel to uh, being slaves of righteousness, not to sin, but righteousness. Slaves of that which is righteous. Chapter 6, verses 18, uh, chap, uh, 18 through 19 and 22. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Verse 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Uh, emphasizing that this service is not voluntary. We must desire to do uh, the will of the Lord if we want to go to heaven then we'll do it because we're a slave to the desire to go to heaven do you desire to go to heaven do you uh want to walk no longer in the flesh uh, well then you have to uh, cause your spirit to be ruled by the holy spirit because we're slaves to the desire to go to heaven. If you don't have a desire to go to heaven, you're never going to repent. You're going to fall into every kind of sin there is and all kinds of lusts. If a real believer, a true believer, the person that's really saved, that's walking in the Spirit, not only is he able to do what is right, but he will do what is right you know you won't make up excuses or say oh god you know i'm weak uh yes our flesh is weak and that's why we're not supposed to walk in the flesh we're to turn over our um our corpse or our cadaver when you're talking to people you're looking at a cadaver a future cadaver but it's a cadaver for the lord to use we're talking about now the answers of spirit. A new state of mind. An entirely new life because the old spirit, our old life has been mortified. And we're now walking in the spirit of the Lord. In other words, the Lord is walking in our cadaver or our corpse. My time is up, but I'm going to continue this on tomorrow. Uh, this is a time where if you want the Lord to take over your life, if nothing is going right for you in the life that you're living now and you just seem to be cursed, the chances are you really are cursed. And that those curses come off of you when you desire uh, to uh, go to heaven and you make yourself be mortified or you mortify the deeds of the flesh and by the word of God in you. And so you can... Um, you can be members of the kingdom of heaven. The Lord uh, will uh, hear anyone. doesn't matter what you've done in your life or what you're currently doing. You'll be immediately given the power uh, and the uh, glory to um, be saved. So just say this uh, prayer with me. Let's pray together. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. 
I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father God, and Holy Spirit, wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. That includes me. Um, you said all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm calling on you, Lord. Therefore, I know that you have heard me. And I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands and praise and thank the Lord. And when you read, read the King James Version of the Bible. And uh, Sharon, uh, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 593. It's free, including uh, postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370, that's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord, this is World Pastor Tony Lama saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message. From the Word of God, uh, the, so that you can have Christ living in you and have Him guide you, because we need the Word of God to guide us every day. Well, anyway, here I am uh, to sing, I Can Feel His Hand in Mine.
can feel his hand. 